0: If you have your Bible uh, tonight, if you turn with me to Matthew 11, we're going to look at verse tw- uh, 28, starting tonight. The scripture says, "Come to me, all who are weary and heavy-laden, and I will give you rest." As I think about uh, our world as I look at the faces every day of so many folks, There are a lot of people in our world that are weary and heavy laden. You think about folks that live in some of these other countries that work uh, all day long for a dollar, Uh, work hard, manual labor, all day, a dollar. You think about those countries where they work out in the fields and they get a little food and and then they go and kind of scrimp and save and It's just so horrible. There are a lot of people in America today uh, that are hungry. Uh, They're weary and heavy laden. There are those that uh, serve in various ways. They serve perhaps some in their family. I don't know how many of you know Zedinka Lamb. Zedinka Lamb, for a long time, sat right up here about the fifth row back. Just as sweet a lady as can possibly be. She's been in the hospital now uh, for months and months. And I've been to see her numerous times. Every time I have been to see her, somebody in her family has been there. Every single time. Now that is remarkable. And I know that that family is just totally worn out. You know, if you're trying to take care of somebody in the nursing home, in the hospital, or at your home, and it just goes on and on and on, and there's never any rest, and you're just up and at them all the time, uh, that kind of paints the picture of what we're talking about uh, tonight. It says, all who are. This indicates uh, something that has, has already happened, something in the past that's coming up uh, to the present, something that already exists. Uh, those whom Jesus invites to himself are already the weary and heavy laden. Uh, from physical exertion, from mental exertion, uh, from exerting yourself in so many different ways, there are those nurses, those school teachers, Uh, Those that uh, work here, that work there, they go home at night and they have to sit down for about an hour just to kind of let their brain catch up with their body. They're just totally exhausted. Weary here carries the idea in the original language uh, to working to the point of utter exhaustion, just totally worn out. Weary translates figuratively to arduous, arduous toll in seeking to please God and to know the way of salvation. Jesus calls to himself everyone who is exhausted, everyone that is trying to find peace and please God in his own resources. You can't find God that way, but a lot of people are trying to do it. They're trying to use their own human reasoning to get to God. It doesn't work that way. Never has, never will. Jesus invites the person who is wearied from his vain search for truth through human wisdom, who is exhausted from trying to earn their salvation. So many try and do that. They think, well, let's see, if I do four or five good things today, the Lord will... Uh, look kindly upon that, and if I can do that over a week, a month, a year, then I'm just absolutely sure that I'll be a part of the kingdom. Doesn't work like that, never has, never will. Heavy laden translates that at some time in the past, a great load, a great burden uh, was put upon the wearied person heavy laden suggests the external burden caused by futile efforts of a works righteousness some people are trying to work their way do the good deeds trying to get to the lord get to heaven get to salvation in that way doesn't work that way in jesus day the rabbinical teachings had become so massive uh, so huge Uh, demanding an all-encompassing attention of the people, Uh, these formulas that virtually uh, covered and ordered every human activity. If you were going to wash your hands, you had to do it in a certain way. If you were going to cleanse an animal, you had to do it in a certain way. If you were going to walk down the street, if you were going to do this, if you were going to do that, All of these things, the Jews, the uh, scribes, and Pharisees had thought of a way that you had to do it to follow the religious rules that they had for almost every single thing in life. But it was impossible even to learn all the traditions. It was completely impossible to try and keep them. You just couldn't do it. It was too many. Jesus spoke of the heavy loads of religious tradition that the scribes and the Pharisees laid on people's shoulders. You remember when you were growing up, you wanted to please your parents? You wanted to get a smile, a nod from them that you were doing the job well? Well, the scribes and the Pharisees almost never gave the smile, the nod, because the people had never learned all the hundreds of rules that they were supposed to live their life by. And since they couldn't even learn them all, they certainly couldn't follow them all. So it was just kind of a work-yourself-today uh, mentality. You just, couldn't, you just couldn't do it. Peter noticed that the Judaizers were trying to saddle Christianity with this same man-made yoke. Uh, this yoke that goes around uh, cattle cattle. Uh, oxen, things of that nature. Uh, Their fathers in that day were not able to bear up under the yoke that the scribes and the Pharisees put upon them, and they weren't able to do it either. And so everybody was kind of downcast, downtrodden, overworked, uh, over-regulated, over-legalized in the Jewish tradition. They just couldn't do it the person who is weary and heavy laden despairs of his own ability to please God because it doesn't please God. He comes to the end of his own resources and finally, finally, when he gets to the end of that road, he turns and says, Lord, please help me. Please save me. I present myself to you. And then the Lord saves them. You know, our job as Christians today in today's world is to uh, tell the, the end of the story right up front so they don't have to go through all of those horrendous orders that came down. The person who is weary and heavy laden despairs that he just cannot please God. He just can't do it. It doesn't happen. It doesn't work out. To repent is to make a 180-degree turn from the burden of the old life. You want to turn away from that to the restfulness of the new life. So tonight, I want you to think about what is the thing that wears you out the most? What is it? Get it in your mind. Now, does the Lord smile on that? Is the Lord happy with you doing that? Kind of get it in your mind, whatever it is. And then evaluate it spiritually. Does God like what you're doing in that arena of your life? Is that something that he would be pleased in? The person who humbly receives God's revelation of himself and his way of salvation, not our way, his way, turns from the unbearable burden of his own sin and his own effort, who comes to Christ empty-handed, that's the only person that the Lord will receive. God will give you rest. If you do that, God will give you rest. That's the last part of 28. Rest means to refresh, to revive from the labor of a long journey. Jesus promises spiritual rest to everyone who comes to him in humble faith. You know, this is what you're looking for. This is where it is. This is how you get it. It's not really that hard. You know, children can be saved. Teenagers can be saved. Adults, if they're trying to be saved and they're not being saved, it's because they're going about it the wrong way. They're putting up some legalistic uh, traditions or some legalistic rules that somebody has made up. And you'll never get anywhere with that methodology. That just simply doesn't work. Well... The dictionary gives us uh, several definitions of rest that are remarkably parallel to the spiritual rest that God offers those that accept his son. First, the dictionary describes rest as cessation from action, motion, labor, exertion. In a similar way, to enter God's rest is to cease from all the efforts of self-help In trying to earn salvation. You're just wasting your time on that. You're just wearing yourself out on that. And it doesn't work. Second, rest is described as freedom from that which wearies or disturbs the individual. Now, once again, think about the things that weary you or disturb you. And then try and evaluate those things spiritually. Are you going about that the right way? Again, we see the spiritual parallel of God's giving his children freedom, freedom from the cares and burdens that rob them of peace and joy. That's what the Lord wants you to have, peace and joy. I've come that they might have Life, and that they might have it abundantly. He wants us to have this inner joy in our hearts and lives. Third, the dictionary defines rest as something that is fixed and settled. Similarly, to be in God's rest is to have the wonderful assurance that our eternal destiny is secure in Jesus. You know, I'm sure, that there are a lot of denominations, a lot of religions that base uh, what they think about salvation on a works theology, where you, you never really know if you're saved. You never really know if you've done enough that day, if you're confessed right up to that very moment of your life when you die, you're unsure, basically, of everything. Well, that's not right. You know, when you're born into a family, those people are your mother and father. And there is not one thing that you can do to change that. Those people, that's your mother, that's your father, and that's it. It can't change. You can't say, well, no, I don't want you as my father. I want you. Well, it doesn't work that way. That doesn't work. Once you become a child of the Lord, a child of God, He hides you in the hollow of his hand. And you can't reject the salvation that comes. Now you might not live like it. I know a lot of people that have made decisions for Christ and they they get uh, in a fallen condition. They, They move away from the Lord. They get out of God's will. They do some terrible things. When they go to heaven, You know, we talked the other night about levels in heaven, levels in hell. When they get to heaven, let me assure you that they're not on the fifth floor. Okay? They're not on the fifth floor. They're way down here somewhere. Because they have not followed through in following the Lord and following the scripture and following the Holy Spirit and following the godly counsel of brothers and sisters in the church, well, it is to be free from the uncertainties of running from philosophy to philosophy. You know, some people they trust in this for a while, and then they trust in that for a while. From religion to religion. Do you know people that were once uh, Baptists and they turned into Jehovah Witnesses or Mormons or Muslims or something? Uh, you know. You, you don't need to do that. You don't go from guru to guru. You know, that, that isn't the way it works. Uh, hoping somewhere, somehow, to discover truth, peace, happiness, and eternal life. That isn't how it works. You humbly come to the Lord and say, Lord, I want to confess my sins and place my faith and my trust in you. I want to make you the boss of my life. When you do that, believing it in your heart, meaning it in your heart and mind and soul, then you're saved. And you're not just saved for that minute, you're saved for an eternity. You're going to be with God in glory forever and ever and ever. Fourth, rest is defined as being confident and trustful. Spiritually, when we enter God's rest, we are given the assurance. That he who began a good work in us will perfect it until the day of Christ. It's being worked out within you. God doesn't do half of a job with you and say, well, I don't know. You know, it doesn't work that way. If he starts the work in you, he completes the work. He doesn't stop stop halfway. I usually go to bed about 11 o'clock at night. Some nights it's 11.30. If Grimm is on, it might be 11.30. If uh, Blue Bloods is on, it might be 11.30. You know, I like some of those shows uh, late at night. Uh, The first time I stretch out on the bed... There are some wonderful feelings in my body. My back, my whole body. There's a joy that goes through my whole body. That is just. This is so wonderful, just wonderful. Well, you know what? You can find a rest that is 1,000 times better than that if you rest in Jesus. If you claim him, as the Lord of your life, it's a wonderful, wonderful feeling that brings to you peace and joy, and it's for an eternity. Now, the last thing uh, tonight uh, look at verse 29. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you shall find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my load is is light. Salvation involves, as you know, submission. You have to say, Lord, forgive me for what I've done. I want to claim my faith in you. Not my faith in something over there. In you and in you alone. My faith is in you. It's impossible for Christ to exercise Lordship over those that refuse to obey him. We need to obey him. Jesus' invitation, therefore, includes the call to submission, which is symbolized by a yoke. A yoke was made of wood. It was handmade to fit the neck and shoulders of the particular animal that was to bear it. For obvious reasons, the term was widely used in the ancient world as a metaphor for submission. Whenever the animal had a yoke on, the animal would obey what the master said. The yoke was a part of the harness to uh, use to pull a cart or a plow or a great big log or something heavy. Uh, The animal's master kept it under control and used it for useful purposes because of the yoke, because the animal was in submission to the master. The scripture says, learn from me. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, verse 29. A yoke symbolizes obedience, and Christian obedience includes learning from Christ. Well, how do we learn from Christ? It's in His Word. That's how we learn. We read and study His Word, and it's in there. You know, if we if we study it, we'll know exactly what to do and how to act and how to respond. You know, we're dealing with the same issues that uh, Adam and Eve dealt with. You know, the world hasn't changed a whole lot. There's still selfishness and greed and arrogance and. Uh, There's still hatefulness and meanness, liars and cheats and scoundrels. There's still wonderful, godly, trusting people. There's still people that every day get up praying that they will serve the Lord that day and make a difference for the kingdom for that person. That's still happening today. Although good works does not produce salvation, salvation does produce good works. Because Jesus is gentle and humble in heart, he gives rest, not weariness. He doesn't give out weariness. To the souls of those who submit to him and to the gifts, they use the gifts that God has given them to serve. You know, this uh, uh ministry fair that we had today was a great thing. A lot of people went back there. Folks signed up for some things. If you weren't here this morning, we have a a list of things. Paula, where can they get the list? It's in the office. Uh, If you want to see all the various places, I think there's 21 different ministries that our church is involved in. And if you want to serve in some way, the Lord wants you to use your spiritual gifts to serve. That's why he gave you that gift, is so that you'll serve. Well, uh, his yoke is easy and his load is light. You know, Jesus' uh, load was not like that 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 the Pharaoh gave out. The Pharaoh would work people until they died in that very spot, until they dropped dead right there, who bitterly oppressed the children of Israel, or like that, Uh, load of the scribes and the Pharisees who burdened the Jews with uh, unbelievable and unending legalism. They couldn't follow in any way. They couldn't follow all of those demands and commands and rules and laws. They just couldn't do it. Christ will never oppress us or give us a burden that is too heavy to carry. He just doesn't do that. The The Christian's work of obedience to Christ brings about joyfulness and peace and rest. And that's what our Lord wants you to have, not only tonight, but every day of your life. I want to ask you tonight... uh, we, we do our invitations in different ways. Tonight, I want to ask you, if you're here in the service and you've been thinking about it, praying about it, uh, is there anyone here tonight that would like to trust in Christ as your Lord and Savior? Is there anyone here tonight that would like to join our church and, and cast their lot with the people of God? Is there anyone here tonight that would like to do that? If so, I'd like for you to lift your hand. Would you do that right now? Is there anyone like that in the house? I don't see any uh, hands raised.